Hello, people of the way. Blessings in Jesus. Uh, from time to time, we get pushback on what we say about the 70th week of Daniel. And for those who are listening and presently unaware of the 70th week prophecy, what it is, it's the final seven years before the return of Jesus, according to what the Bible says, according to what the Bible teaches. And there are people today who think it's irresponsible and wrong for us to suggest that we're anywhere near the 70th week of Daniel. And in a recent message, we did say that by the time we begin studying the book of Revelation, that it's very possible that we could be inside of that very specific time frame of the 70th week. It's the final seven years of world history as presently known. Now, understand there are very specific markers and indicators before and during that time frame. Very specific, ultra specific. But it, the question is, is it irresponsible and wrong to say that the 70th week is near? And so let's, let's just analyze just for a little bit. Let's analyze things a little bit. Number one, it's nearer today than it was yesterday. That's easy. And sometimes what happens, people say, oh, you Christians are crazy. You Christians are nuts because you guys have said that Jesus is returning for hundreds of years and nothing's happened. Nothing has happened. Now, that's a common argument from those who presently do not believe. And we're going to address that. Now, there's nothing wrong with living in a state of readiness. Living in a state of readiness. Veterans know this well. I mean, you train and train and train and you train for war. And war may never come during your watch. And if war never comes, does that mean that it's wise to not train? You see, the answer is no. But living in a state of readiness, it's a good thing because you're ready. You're equipped. You're prepared. And with the apostles, what they did is they taught from a position of readiness that Jesus is coming. But then at the same time, there are also very specific markers to be watchful for. Very specific. And at the same time, remember, no one knows when their last breath will be. Any one of us can pass away at any given time and living in a state of readiness even still remains a good thing because what happens is that we can presently live lives that are a sweet aroma unto the Lord. And so present non-believers can say that oh, that's an easy cop out. They can say that this argument is an easy cop out. And I get that. I completely understand. It's an easy explanation, yes, but it's not a cop-out. It's not a cop-out. Let's look a little deeper. And so for the present non-believer who says, oh, you Christians, you've been saying that Jesus is coming for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Now, let's hit the rewind button. It's presently 2023 AD. The year is 2023. Now, let's go back 300 years. Okay. I'm terrible at math, but that should take us to 1723 AD. So it's 1723 AD. And you know what happened? We got in my time machine and we went back in time and the year is 1723. Now, the prophecies in the Bible, they're still there. They're still there. They're still the same. It's 1723 and Jesus is still returning. But in 1723, Israel was not a nation. 
And so what that means is that the prophecies of nations coming against Israel, they could not apply. You see, they could not apply because there are precursory markers that need to be evident. Remember, we're in 1723 and Israel is not a nation in 1723. And so now we fast forward back to today in 2023 AD. And what's happening now is that there are non-believers and liberal pastors and liberal theologians. And they say that the prophecy of the Antichrist, that it's already been fulfilled in Antiochus, Epiphanes, and that happened in the second century. But even then, even then, Israel was not a nation. They were a people, and they were living in the area of Judea and surrounding regions, but they were not a nation. You see? And so the prophecy of nations coming against Israel was prohibitive to Israel any other time in history because Israel was not a nation. You see, in 523 AD, didn't fit. In 1023 AD, didn't fit. 1723 AD, didn't fit. 1923 AD, didn't fit. You see? And everything changed on May 14th, 1948, when Israel, after being dormant for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years, they became a nation once again. And so for the present non-believer who says, you Christians are crazy, you've been saying Jesus is coming back for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Understand, it's always been true that Jesus would return. It's always been true. But the conditions by which he would, they have to line up with the many it is also written. You see, the prophecies have to match and they have to converge. And everything changed on May 14th, 1948, because the degree of probability, it went up a couple notches. I mean, that's kind of an understatement. It was a big deal. May 14th, 1948. The degree of probability, it went up because in May 14th, 1948, Israel was officially a nation, which it starts to bring other prophecies officially into play. You see, according to what the Bible teaches. I mean, you talk about faith. You know, in the early Christians, you talk about faith because, you know, if we get in my time machine, we go back to 1723 for us to believe the Bible in 1723 and trust in what the Bible says about the nation of Israel, a nation that doesn't even exist in 1723, that takes some faith. That takes major faith. I mean, the mockers of 1723, you know, the mock, I mean, if we, we get in my time machine, we go back to 1723 and we're in 1723 and we believe and that's, that's faith. But then you take the mockers of that era they could say, you guys believe in the Bible that mentions the nation of Israel, but Israel isn't even a nation. You see, 
And the, you know, the, the, the history books, they say that, you know, that, that Israel, that's in the history books. And you know what? Israel is going to stay in the history book because here we are in 1723 and Israel is not a nation. You guys believe in a fairy tale. You see, you Christians believe in a fairy tale. The mockers of 1723, the non-believers, the scoffers and the mockers of 1723 could say that. And if they died in their mark, in, in mocking, in scoffing, and non-belief in the Bible, if that happened, if the mockers of that era, if they died in that condition, their souls today, their souls are presently, right now, awaiting the second death and the lake of fire. And that, the mockers of 1723 because Israel wasn't a nation, and the Bible speaks about Israel being a nation. Old Testament and also New Testament and even the prophecies. So let's take 1948 AD when Israel became a nation. Israel is a new nation, 1948. They're a new nation. And the degree of probability for the return of Jesus, speaking of Bible prophecy, the degree of probability, it's went up a couple notches. But at the same time, there are other prophecies that have to match. There are other prophecies that have to converge. I mean, as a little side note for my conspiracy theorist friends, you know, it's very interesting to note that at the time when you see the League of Nations and they transition into the United Nations and then the founding of the United Nations with the so-called spirit guide, Joachul, and the establishment of Lucis Trust named after Lucifer. Very interesting. And then you see the buildup of the transition from the League of Nations to the United Nations. And it's also happening. It's also happening. At the same time, the Jews are being exterminated by Hitler. And you kind of see something like a plan B of Satan, you know, strategizing to exterminate the Jews because they're God's people. And Satan hates God's people of both Jew and Gentile. That's why the prophecies in Revelation say that Satan, you know, it, when he finds his host in the Antichrist, they're going to come together against Jews and Christians. You see? Satan hates God's people. And sometimes I have these conversations with the conspiracy theorists. And they do have some things absolutely right. And when it comes to like, you know, when you look at the white papers of the Club of Rome and the clash of civilizations as precursory plans for the alliance of civilizations. I mean, you know, if you're listening and you're in Europe, for my European friends, you know this very well, all too well. In the early 2000s, early, like 2003, 2004, 2005, even 2010. And you see immigration policies and what it's led to now. I mean, you look at the, the immigration policy in 2002 and it's like, wow, this sounds nice. But then you see the effects of immigration policies. I mean, you're in France and you're in uh, England, you know, Great Britain. You see the effects. You know all too well about the clash of civilizations. And these are things that when you read the white papers, Club of Rome, United Nations, these are things that were part of the plan. 
clash of civilizations. Except you don't have to read the white papers because you're living it. And the next phase is the alliance of civilizations. And that's what we're seeing already begin to form. And I could say much more to my conspiracy theorist friends. And we'll leave it at that for now. And these are things that began to be put in motion around the time of 1948 when Israel became a nation. As Bible prophecy was being fulfilled. Because remember, 1723, 523, Israel was not a nation. 1948, Israel became a nation. Very important to understand. Bible prophecy was being fulfilled when Israel became a nation. And Satan and the demons, they know exactly who Jesus is. And they know that when certain things start to happen according to Bible prophecy, they know their time is short. And so for my conspiracy theorist friends, understand, you know, you can Understand that you can see certain things, and that's great, but there's more. You need ears to hear. You need ears to hear. You can see. I have these conversations with conspiracy theorists all the time, and some of them are really good friends of mine. But at the same time, you need ears to hear. And the Bible says that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. That's what the Bible says. And so sometimes, you know, I have these conversations with the non-believer and the conspiracy theorists, and they tell me, you know, they, they're the ones who say, I look at Christian TV. I, and, and you know what? They're straight up crazy. I turn on TBN. I, I, you know, I turn on TBN on the TV, Tricking Believers Nightly, and it's crazy. I see the news articles about pastors who rape and pastors who molest and, you know, pastors who cheat and steal and... There's no way I'll be a Christian. There's no way I'll join a church. There's no way I'll join organized religion. Now listen, I'm not talking about them. I'm not talking about those pastors and those churches and those TV programs, Tricking Believers Nightly, TBN. I'm not talking about them. The problems that you see with them, listen, I'm in agreement. I mean, if you're listening, you're not a believer or you're, you know, you're one of my conspiracy theorist friends, I love you. I love you. I'm in agreement with the craziness you see in churches and pastors and Christians. You know, they're crazy. It's reaching levels of craziness, straight up crazy town. They're delusional. And in no way, in no way do I want you to be part of them. Because what you see in them, it's also prophesied. It's in Bible prophecy. You know what it is? It's called apostasy. That's what it is. The Bible prophesies of apostasy being rampant and growing apostasy, getting worse and worse. And you know what it is? It's a defection away from the truth. It's people who are in the truth. And in the course of time, they deviate away from the truth. They become defectors of the truth. They leave the truth. And that's what happens with apostasy. And that's what you see. You turn on Tricking Believers Nightly. That's what you see. The apostate. You see the news articles, the pastors who molest kids, that's the apostate. Also the wolf. And they will burn in hell. Understand, you know, that's a path. The process, by if you've been listening to us for a while, you've been walking with us for a while, you know, remember our study in Judges? 
how idolatry gets worse and worse and worse, how it opens the door to worse things. Very important to understand. And people say, oh, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. But remember, Paul says that these things were written. Paul the Apostle, he says that these things were written in the Old Testament for our admonition, for our warning. And in the Old Testament, you see the process by which wickedness happens, you know, opening the door and it leads into wickedness. And that leads into judgment and that leads into wrath and that leads into condemnation. And people say, oh, that's Old Testament. That's Old Testament. No, 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 no. The Lord never changes. You see? And I have these conversations with the non-believers and, you know, my conspiracy theorist friends. Oh, you know, I'll never be a Christian. I never, I turn on tricking believers nightly and it's crazy. And I'm not calling you into that. You see? I'm absolutely calling you out, but I'm not calling you out to join the apostate. I'm calling you out to join the remnant. Very specific formula, you see? And so what happens is that we take 1948 when Israel became a nation. And since then, since 1948, with Israel and surrounding nations, we've seen conflict. And that's an understatement because we've seen major conflict. We've also seen calls for peace. We've seen peace initiatives to bring an end to conflict. We've seen peace agreements even to bring an end to conflict. But the question is, did those peace agreements mark the beginning of the last seven years? You see, were those agreements the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel? Remember, we have to account for the many it is also written. Because what other prophecies are there? You see, remember, we have to see the prophecies match and converge. You see? I mean, looking at, you know, other prophecies... You know, when was there apostasy among Christians to the degree we see today? When has delusion become stronger and stronger? When has lawlessness abounded? When has there been a generation that is ultra-sensitive and ultra-offended? Remember, one of the markers of the end is that many will be offended. And the argument can be made that, oh, you know, these things always existed. It's part of human nature. I get it. That that argument can be made. But let's go a little deeper. When have there been wars and rumors of wars that can literally destroy the world? I mean, there's always been wars and rumors of wars, but they were always regional. But now it's reached levels where the destruction of the world can happen. When have there been wars and rumors of wars to that degree? The destruction of the world, the entire world. When in world history have we seen a central bank digital currency? When in world history have we seen the Euphrates River begin to dry? When have world governments, world governments, when have they mandated that you put something inside your body 
that it had a direct impact on your ability to buy and sell. I mean, let's be straight up. What could be the next government mandate for your body? And I speak of the coming mark of the beast. When have we seen the nations of Magog come together in alliance, strong alliance? When is it in world history where we have seen qualified red heifers? When in world history have there been third temple construction initiatives, initiatives, funding, and even prefabrication of the vessels for the third temple? When has that happened? When have we seen an emerging of the Levitical priesthood and Kohanim? When? When has there ever been an Abraham Accords with the goal for peace? You see, 1948, when Israel became a nation, it's a very big deal. And a lot of things were put into motion. Kind of like, you know, the, the plan B of Satan. And in 1948, when Israel became a nation, the degree of probability increased majorly. I mean, there were things that were happening. Israel becoming, Israel becoming a nation, that's a huge deal. But there were other prophecies that made the return of Jesus improbable for that time because of the other prophecies. And so like the peace agreements in the 80s, no, didn't fit. The 90s, no, doesn't fit. Peace agreements in the 2000s, getting closer. But still doesn't fit. 2010, close. But even still, doesn't fit. 2020, very close. But even still, doesn't quite fit. And so here we are in 2023. And you know what? It fits. It fits. 2023, it fits. Now, there are more prophecies as markers and indicators of things prior to the beginning of the 70th week. And we will officially know, we'll officially know that we're inside the 70th week by more prophecies that must be fulfilled during that time. To know for certain that, yes, this is, in fact, the 70th week of Daniel. And we are a remnant inside the 70th week and how we must live as a remnant inside the 70th week, awaiting the day of our Lord, the return of the bridegroom, the return of Jesus. Very important to understand. And a lot of believers today believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. And what that is, it's part of the spreading of strong delusion. And strong delusion is a form of God's judgment because there's no love of the truth. That's what the Bible says. Strong delusion is God's judgment, and it happens when there's no love of the truth. You look at the teachers today of the pre-tribulation rapture, and they're straight up turning crazy. They're turning crazy. They're calling apostasy the rapture. They're saying that Michael, the archangel, they're saying that he's Jesus. 
They're saying that any other thing other than the pre-tribulation rapture, they're calling it evil. They're calling it satanic. They're even saying that Christians can take the mark of the beast. That's what they're teaching from pulpits. They're teaching that Christians can take the mark of the beast because according to the pre-tribulation rapture theory, if we're still here, it means the rapture hasn't happened yet. So go ahead and take the mark of the beast. That's what these pastors are saying. But understand, what's really happening? These teachers are being exposed. You see, they're under strong delusion. Their doctrine is being exposed as wrong. And I've had conversations with Christians who they want to commit suicide. Straight up, they want to kill themselves. And they say, we're not supposed to be here. I was supposed to be raptured. Everything I believed was a lie. And I've had these conversations with Christians that want to kill themselves. Suicide. Because they just figure, well, you know what? These things are happening in the world and I was supposed to be raptured out. My pastor told me I'd be raptured and I want to kill myself now because everything I believe was a lie. And to talk with these beautiful souls, to have conversations with these beautiful souls and pray with them and tell them, no, Jesus isn't a lie. The Bible isn't a lie. It's the pre-tribulation rapture. That's the lie. To talk with them and tell them, listen, you've been taught wrong. Whoever your pastor is, leave him because he's taught you error. He has not prepared you and equipped you for the times. And when you have pastors that officially teach heresy, saying that Michael is Jesus, saying that the apostasy is the rapture, saying that, you know, you can take the mark of the beast and you'll still be saved. Those pastors are not safe. They disqualify themselves. Don't forget Shepherds can become wolves. This is something we see in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 20, when Paul says, after my departure, remember he's, the, he's speaking to the elders of Ephesus, the overseers of Ephesus, people who were tasked by the Holy Spirit to shepherd God's people. And Paul says, after my departure, you know what's going to happen? I'm paraphrasing, but this is what he says. Go listen to our study in the book of Acts chapter 20. And he says, after my departure, he says, the ravenous wolves will come in. And he says, even among yourselves, some of you will turn into wolves, not sparing the flock. You see, don't forget, shepherds can become wolves. They're very important. And Paul doesn't say, after my departure, I know this is going to happen. He's not speaking like Mr. Big Shot. No, but he knows his stuff. You see? And Paul says, after my departure, these things not might happen. These things will happen. And sometimes people say, oh, you know what? I love my pastor. I love my pastor. And so what if he says, go ahead and take the mark of the beast? It's okay. It's okay. Because, you know, he helps me in other areas. Listen. If you submit to the wrong pastor and your pastor says, go ahead and take the mark of the beast. Listen, you do that. You know what that is? That's like a fire. You're going to burn in hell. Don't do that. You have a pastor that teaches straight up apostasy, straight up teaches poison. No, you cannot submit to that guy. And so Paul isn't boasting when he says, after my departure, he's not boasting, but the proof is in the pudding. He knows his stuff and he's called by God to shepherd to teach, to shepherd. 
And so a lot of pre-tribulation rapture believers get very mad at me. They call us satanic. They call us evil. They say, oh, you have the prophecies all wrong. And listen, that would appear to be the case. But there's a problem. It appears to be the case according to the theory of a pre-tribulation rapture. And I don't want you to believe in a theory, you see. We want you to believe in the truth of what the Bible says. And listen, if you're a pre-tribulation rapture believer, I love you, but you're in danger. You're in danger, of course, for what lies ahead in a physical sense, but you're in danger for another reason. Strong delusion. Strong delusion is judgment from God. And it happens when there is no love of the truth. You see? Love of a theory, no matter how good it sounds, is not love of the truth. I mean, you can hate us. You can call us evil. But go and listen to our studies on the rapture. Go to thewayunderground.com. Thewayunderground.com. Go to the prophecy area. And at bare minimum, go and listen to those studies. And at bare minimum, you'll at least learn what the dissenters of the pre-tribulation rapture think. But something else may happen. You may abandon what the pre-tribulation rapture teaches. You may abandon the pre-tribulation rapture theory and come to the truth of God's holy word. Not a time to play games. And I'm not suggesting that in any other time in history that it was okay to be lukewarm because the Bible warns against that. Never be lukewarm. But at the same time, in these last days, the last days aren't coming. The last days are here. It's why one of the strongest exhortations we give that we can say it's for you to find a church and not just any church, a church where the formula is right. All around the formula in you, the formula in the church. Remember, always accounting for babies in the faith. Accounting for the, 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 the elders, you know, the formula in the elders and the pastors. Listen, the formula has to be right. And these types of fellowships are ultra rare. They're ultra small. But they're safe havens. They're safe havens for the remnant saints during the 70th week. I mean, they're safe havens now. But during the 70th week, they're safe havens. With gifts of the Spirit, power of the Spirit, and guidance from the Lord. But understand, the formula must be right. The formula must be right. And as a little side note, and this might even be a big side note, one of the things that qualified pastors and teachers are discussing and praying about today is a cutoff of certain, certain forms of online presence and online outreach and online sermons because as government tyranny under a rising antichrist spirit, as that intensifies there are certain restrictions that may soon come into play. Heavy fines, long prison sentences. And I teach from America presently. I presently teach from America, land of the free. And these are things that are possible threats, even here. And as the heavy hand of government is getting heavier and heavier and heavier all over the world, I mean, prophetically speaking, these governments will be replaced. Government will be upon our Lord's shoulders, as Isaiah the prophet tells us. But that doesn't happen just yet. 
and so qualified pastors and teachers and ministries, there's already discussion and preparations for face-to-face only. Only. A shutdown of everything. A shutdown of online presence, online teaching. A shutdown of everything. Face-to-face only. As qualified teachers continue to teach and shepherd the remnant physically during the perilous times of the 70th week of Daniel. It's one of the strongest exhortations we can give to find a remnant fellowship. Find a remnant fellowship. I mean, you understand formula. You understand formula. If you're a new listener, go and listen to our studies. Go and listen to our studies through the pastoral epistles. It's there for you. Very important to understand. I mean, if you're in a fellowship where the formula is right, do not leave. Do not leave. If the formula is right where you fellowship, do not leave. If you're in a fellowship where the formula is wrong, do not stay. You see? Satan, he doesn't want you in a remnant fellowship. Understand, you know, this is straight up warfare. He'll fight tooth and nail to keep you from a remnant fellowship. He'll entice you to leave the remnant fellowship. And he's very effective. Very, very effective. I'm, for me personally, I'm of the very strong opinion that the remnant fellowships have less than 50 people. I mean, it's actually closer to 20, but I'm exercising grace. <laughs> but I'm of the very strong opinion that remnant fellowships, they're not going to be the mega church. I mean, once you enter the 50 plus fellowship where there's 50 or more people, you're likely to see more leaven. And when you see leaven, you must also see it being addressed by the overseers, the the qualified overseers. If you see leaven, it has to be addressed by the overseers. And of course, in a godly manner, as indicated in scripture. But when you see 50 plus, 50 or more people and leaven is seen, What is almost always also seen is the defunct overseers saying nothing because very few want to address leaven. Very few are qualified to address the leaven because of the plank in their own eye, because of their own hypocrisy. You see, Satan knows this. Satan knows this. And he doesn't mind the milk drinkers because they're not a threat to him. And Satan has his own servants who present themselves as ministers of righteousness, but they serve him. They do not serve the Lord. They serve Satan and they present themselves as ministers of righteousness. Very important to understand that this deception is very powerful in the last days. Very powerful in the last days. The remnant caring for the remnant. And if you cannot find the fellowship where the formula is right, straight up home fellowship. Until you can find a remnant fellowship. And if you still cannot find a remnant fellowship, understand that it's one of the markers of the 70th week. It's fulfillment. A lot of times people say, oh, the word church isn't after Revelation 4 because the church has been raptured. Listen, they're wrong. The word church isn't there because it's under God's judgment. Remember, judgment comes first to the church. That's what Brother Peter says. Remember? That's what he prophesied, that judgment comes first to the church. That's what the Bible says. But in Revelation, you'll see the word saint 
and saints. You see? And those are saints in whom the formula is right. And so many Christians today, you know, believing in a pre-tribulation rapture, talk about the imminent return of Jesus, the imminency of Jesus, but their timing is way off. Their timing is way off because they're holding on to a theory that doesn't match the truth of the Bible. And there will absolutely be, absolutely, imminency to the return of Jesus. It's absolutely going to apply the imminency to the return of Jesus, but not yet. Not yet. Prior to that is the imminency to the 70th week of Daniel, the beginning of the final seven years of world history. You see, in 523 AD, didn't fit. Israel wasn't a nation. You see, in 1023 AD, didn't fit. 1723, didn't fit. 1948 AD, May 14th, 1948. Now, all of a sudden, you see the degree of of probability, it goes up a couple notches. Why? Because the prophecies of nations coming against Israel were officially in play. Why? Because before, Israel wasn't a nation. But in 1948, Israel was a nation. You see? But even still, does that mean that Jesus is going to return in 1948? No, because of there's more. It is also written. There's more prophecies that need to apply. So peace agreements in 1980? No, there's more prophecies that need to apply. Peace agreements in you know, 1990, 2000, 2010, 2015, 2020? Getting closer. 2020? Getting closer. But now. In 2023 AD, as prophecies are matching, as prophecies are converging, you see, the imminency to the return of Jesus, that's later. It doesn't apply just yet because of the many, it is also written. But the imminency, to the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel? I mean, if you're listening and you're not a believer in Jesus, after this message, go and listen to another message. It's called, How to Commit Your Life to Jesus. And be unbelieving no more. Enter the ark. And I speak of Jesus, Son of the Most High God, because Jesus, He's the ark of our time. Today, today. And, you know, it's presently 2023. But today, there are major, major conglomerations of nations in 2023 AD that are calling for peace in the Middle East, peace with Israel and the Palestinians, at a time where there is also a converging of other prophecies, prophecies that are lining up, prophecies that are matching a very specific time. Now, it's true that the Lord could tarry. I mean, you know, for those in Judea, the Lord says, pray that the events don't happen in the winter. So yes, the Lord could tarry. These could be precursory signals for something that happens five five more years into the future, 10 more years, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 more years into the future. 
But in, you know, in, in, in 1723, no, it, the prophecies didn't line up. Israel was not a nation. You see? 1948, okay, the prophecies, they're beginning to line up, but there's more that needs to be fulfilled. 1980, okay, prophecies are lining up more. But there's more prophecies that need to be fulfilled. You see, I mean, you read like, you know, the late great planet Earth. Yeah, there's some indicators there, but at the same time, there's more that needs to be fulfilled. 2005, 2010. You see, the degree of probability. Yeah, it was increasing, but it didn't fit because of the other prophecies. But today, these prophecies are lining up. They're matching. I mean, in 1980, there were no red heifers. There were no red heifers. In, 1940, in, in, in 1990, in 1990, I mean, where was the prefabrication of the third temple? You see? What could be said in, in the year 2000, what could be said of the nations of Magog? You see, what could be said about the Euphrates River becoming dry when it's full of water? You see, but today in 2023, there are calls for peace today. Major, major bodies of nations, groups of nations. It's happening. These calls for peace are happening. And these calls for peace as early as May 2023. Peace talks in the 80s? Nope, they didn't fit. The 90s? Nope, they didn't fit. 2000s? Nope, they didn't fit. 2010s? Nope, they didn't fit. But in 2023, it fits. The beginning of the 70th week of Daniel. The degree of probability, it's off the charts. It's off the charts. So for those who say it's irresponsible and wrong to say that the 70th week is near, I want to say something to you. Repent. Repent. Because it's irresponsible and wrong to say nothing. To the beautiful, beautiful people of the way, a remnant of these last days. God bless you. I love you.